Hello and welcome to the fourth in a series of podcasts for teachers in their early years in the profession. My name's Rebecca Roach and I've taught for 22 years in London and South Wales. For many years I've delivered lead lectures at Cardiff Metropolitan University about provision for more able and talented or MAT learners. So let's look at how to create challenge in our classrooms. If an activity is too hard, it can create anxiety. If an activity is too easy, it can create boredom. Getting the level of challenge in a lesson just right is tricky, and even experienced teachers struggle to master the art of differentiation. Many plan lessons that teach to the middle, and whilst many also provide support for less able or SEN pupils to access the learning, it is easy to overlook MAT learners. I could talk about this topic for hours because it's something I'm really passionate about, but I want this podcast to be practical and useful. So I'll condense things down to ideas that you can put straight into a lesson plan. And that is going to presume, therefore, that you know who your MAT learners are, because another area that I could talk about is how to identify our MAT learners. But I'm not going to discuss that today. I'm going to get straight on to practical activities. As a starting point, some general ideas to consider when planning challenge into your lessons are A, the importance of language development. I firmly believe literacy unlocks learning. B. Good storytelling engages all major regions of the brain. C. Play is essential for children, particularly young children. And D. Brain teasers, crosswords, jigsaws and puzzles all enhance creative and analytical thinking and problem solving. So using these principles, I want to offer you 10 practical ways to create challenge that's embedded in your lesson, not stuck on the end as an extension task. See how you could apply these to your subject or key stage. So number one is use demanding vocabulary. Don't shy away from sophisticated language. How about selecting three technical words that learners won't know, explain their meaning, and then challenge them to spell them correctly and use them in the right context in a piece of work. Number two is restriction. Setting a word limit on a piece of writing, or a time limit on an activity, or a limit to the space they can use, can make an activity more challenging. For example, If you have less space for a game of football, then your passing has to be more accurate. You can't just lob the ball down the pitch and you have to know your role and position better to work more effectively as a team in that situation. Number three is to reduce structure or guidance. I observed a really engaging science lesson where the science experiment involved a tray of equipment Some pupils had a very detailed step-by-step instruction sheet. Others had the instructions with less detail on. 
and the matte pupils were just given the tray of equipment and asked to work out what to do with it. This situation gave those pupils real autonomy to work things out for themselves. Number four is to start at different points in a set of questions or to work backwards on a sheet. My example for this is a maths worksheet with 10 questions that gradually get more complex. The mat pupils could start at number 10 and work backwards so that they are provided with the challenge right from the start. This stops the boredom of beginning with number one, which they would find too easy and possibly make them switch off before they get to the challenge. Number five is reverse the rules. If I tell you to stop and go and raise your right hand and raise your left hand, the minute I reverse those rules so that stop means go, go means stop, and raising your right hand means raising your left hand, etc., then the brain has to work much harder. See if you can think of an activity where you could reverse the rules. Number six is code breaking. Instead of providing keywords and phrases or answers to questions, put them into code so the pupils have to work harder to get the information. The pupils I've worked with love code breaking. Number seven is acceleration. This involves setting a task from the next key stage up. So for example, in my school, the MAT GCSE drama students were often given A-level standard scripts to work on. Or how about trying your year eight class with a GCSE style question? And tell them that they're doing GCSE standard work because you can see on their faces they feel quite chuffed that they're doing something really challenging. Number eight is open questions. Use as many open questions in class as possible rather than closed questions. This creates debate and discussion and maybe get your maths learners to actually lead a small group discussion so that they're developing their leadership skills at the same time. Number nine is clever marking. This can be really useful to push mat learners. So in your feedback, tell them that there are three wrong answers, but don't tell them which ones are wrong. Or say, for example, if you want to pick up on spelling, you could write at the bottom that there are two spelling mistakes, but you don't tell them which words they've spelt wrong. This can make the pupils work harder then to go back through the work and try and decide where they think the corrections need to be made. Number 10 is to complete a task in a different format. So they could show their uh, understanding of, say, for example, the story of Romeo and Juliet by either writing a modern version or writing a quiz with answers or acting out a script. Give choice over how they present their learning. Oh, and I've just thought of another one. Number 11, get your mat learners to teach others. A really good test of whether they've mastered something is to try and teach someone else. I've got a few more other thoughts that I'm going to try and squeeze in to finish. So higher order thinking skills. 
I couldn't do a podcast on challenge without mentioning blooms. So remember to get your map learners to move from just identifying and describing through to evaluating and making judgments because it's those higher order thinking skills that are really going to push their learning. The other thing is questions, questions, questions. Ask the pupils lots of questions and also get the pupils to ask you questions. Really encourage curiosity in your lessons. Allow pupils to take risks and make mistakes. So with that science lesson I talked about, giving them the tray of equipment and getting them to try and work out what to do with it, it's a risk. You know, they may completely fail. They may not be able to work out what to do. They may do something completely different from what you're expecting, but take the risk. And finally, plan surprises, puzzles, mystery, confusion, and the unexpected. Too much teaching is predictable and formulaic. So have fun, make the learning interesting. Throw something in there that just is a real surprise to them. There's lots more to think about in terms of challenging and stretching our mat learners in terms of the wider school life and your teaching environment. So think about workshops, trips, masterclasses. Maybe as a form tutor, you could have question of the week or use brain stretches in form time. There are some really good Oxbridge interview questions that make great discussion topics or maybe A-level essay questions. Can I recommend the NACE website? There's plenty of support on there for teachers and lots of resources to get you going with ideas. I hope some of this has been useful and my next podcast is about barriers to learning for free school meal pupils. <music>